Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Got their tribute to wrestling night coming up uh, this weekend. Make sure to check that out. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, affordable family fun. Plus, their Friday uh, fish fry jerseys and games are coming up as well. That also is something else uh, that you're going to want to check out. I think, I think... If I remember correctly, I think John Greenberg said that um, there's going to be a way for you to, through auction or whatever the case may be, uh, to maybe get your hands on some of those jerseys uh, that they wear. Uh, And to me, uh, that'd be a pretty cool deal. That's the great thing about, I think, minor league sports is all the different fun things uh, that you can do that at the pro level would be completely poo-pooed on and... uh, would be looked down on, right? Like the uh, Sweet Teats uh, jerseys that the Milwaukee Milkmen had last year, and they're bringing back this year as well. Uh, that is awesome. Absolutely love uh, those uniforms. And the Admirals now with these Friday Fish Fry ones, I think it'll be pretty cool too. Yes, Adam Roberts. You were asking if there was a way to get those jerseys. You remembered correctly. Thank I you. I remember when Greenberg was on right. and confirmed that they will be available for silent auction starting next Wednesday, running through Saturday, and then they will be on sale in the team store starting March 11th. Oh, beautiful. 
So there you go. So that's, what is that? Today's the fourth. So a week from a week today. Week from today. Week from today, you'll be able to get them. And the, um, it's got some of the, like, uh, the red and white print that you would see on, you know, one of these uh, tables, like a, a tablecloth, the checkered red and white checkered uh, on there and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. I, I think you guys will really check it out. Again, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Uh, We're going to get to Jarvis Brown, the former Minnesota Twins outfielder coming up here uh, in the next segment. Uh, wanted to get him on. He was listening the other day when we had Marcus Handel on, the Brewers bullpen catcher, and was texting me throughout the show. So, uh, wanted to get him on so he can kind of give his side of this as well, uh, being a former MLB player. Again, he played back in the day uh, with Puckett and all those guys uh, back then. So I want to get his side. But but the other part of this I want to get from Jarvis Brown is I want to get his thoughts on some of these rule changes they're talking about, right? Uh, like enlarging the bases. Why is that a big deal? Uh, the pitch clock. I want to talk to him about that. Last night I was watching MLB Network and they had Ron Darling uh, on acting kind of as uh, the pitcher. And then, uh, memory is escaping me, he was a first baseman for the Tigers and the Rangers. I can't think of his name. But he, he was the hitter. And they essentially did a walkthrough of like uh, four at-bats or something like that. And they just let Darling and the hitter kind of go at their normal pace that they would normally go at. And I want to say it came in at like, just under three minutes, right? So uh, the hitter kind of steps out, kind of adjusts his gloves, does what he does, then gets back in. Pitcher does his thing, darling. Uh, and they had a 20-second pitcher clock that they then did the exact same thing on. And when it started, or before it started, Ron Darling, the former New York Mets pitcher, former MLB pitcher, said that he thought, going into this little experiment, that this was going to be a bigger deal for the hitters to adjust to, more so than maybe even the pitchers. After they got done doing said experiment, they saved like a minute and 30 seconds or something like that over the course of four pitches. And again, that's not like in a live environment with distractions and everything else going on and the intensity of a game, that was just kind of going through the motions a little bit. So they have said that with the implementation of a pitching clock, and that's something that does occur, where the pitcher, the, the way it would work is, you would, the pitcher, when he gets the ball and then goes onto the mound, that is when the clock starts. So then he throws the pitch, Clock stops, resets to 20. Catcher gets the ball. Catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher. Clock still hasn't started. Then once the pitcher essentially gets back up on the mound, then the, the, the clock would start. They're estimating, according to what I was watching last night on MLB Network, it could shave 30 minutes off of a baseball game. 30 minutes! So now you're talking a normal three-hour game is two and a half hours. But we've seen games go two and a half hours, right? Over the course of time, two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes, quicker paced games. If it still shaves 30 that way, you're talking about a baseball game getting done in like two hours. How insane would that be? I think it would be great. Like I, I'm not sitting here complaining uh, about that one way or the other. I think it would be amazing. But for me, I want to get Jarvis Brown's take on this one. We have him on in the next segment to see what he thinks of it. Also want to get Jarvis Brown's take on this article uh, in The Athletic as well. 
uh, talking about this luxury tax. Now, we all know they've been going back and forth about what the numbers should be uh, as far as before penalties start for these teams that are spending a ton of money. Uh, and the owners you know, wanted to go to $220 million and keep it flat for three or so years before they bump it again. It's at 210 right now. Players want significantly more. Like By the time this CBA gets done in five years or whatever, I think the difference between what the owners want and the players want is going to be like $30, $33 million. So they're not close to each other. Having said that, they had a few owners that voted against this uh, notion to begin with, that wanted it still closer to $210 million and didn't want it at $220 million when all was said and done. But the thing that is interesting about this is what they're trying to get involved in this. The luxury tax already includes some player benefit costs. It's not just a strict accounting of player salary. This is from The Athletic. But players were angry, sources said. The league would try to add something as fundamental as the cost of food as a reason to spend less on payroll. MLB also tried to include stipends paid to players who participate in the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, and other special events, sources said. The sides do not see eye-to-eye on the substance of the league's CBT uh, proposal. Now, this is my thing. And what I don't understand. One of the league's efforts that irked the players, again, as I was talking about, was a proposal to incorporate meal money and the stipends players receive, as we just talked about, into the luxury tax collections or calculations. MLB, in other words, wanted to count the amount of money players receive for food against the amount of money teams can spend before uh, they are taxed. Now, listen. So I don't know how much money they get in Major League Baseball when you go on the road, right? But like, say, in the NBA, you go on a road trip. Maybe you get um, $150, 200 for each day that you're on the road trip or whatever the case is, right? So if I'm understanding this correctly, they want all that money to be factored into what the team has actually got has at payroll on top of whatever money that they're giving these guys if they're in the All-Star festivities where they get more money to spend and do whatever they want with when they're at the All-Star festivities. So it appears the goal here is to lure more of these teams up and over the salary tax to get more money fed into that pool. This is what I don't understand. And maybe I'm missing something here because I... I'm really not getting something. So, are they all on board together with what the goal is at the end of the day from the owner's side? Because to me, it doesn't feel like they're all on board. To me, it feels like there's some fraction within that group as far as what the end goal is at the end. Now, Rami Makhlouf, who's back in here today at 3 o'clock, yesterday in our crosstalk said, Sparky, you're missing it. Like, you're missing it. Because I I was saying, hey, Rob Manfred should get some credit. They get this thing back without missing any games, which they didn't, so he won't get any. But he said he doesn't deserve any credit for anything. These owners are just about keeping money in their pocket. That's the end goal in all this thing. It's not about anything else. I don't necessarily disagree. But there is a fundamental flaw with how the owners are set up. 
I told you about those text messages I got earlier about how the revenue split is for merchandising. Again, according to the person that texted me, who I believe, the NBA and NFL take their merchandising, that all goes into pool money. The players get their split from the money, and then what's left gets evenly distributed amongst the rest of the teams. Apparently, in Major League Baseball, that's not how this goes. The players get their part of it, and the rest of the money from each team goes back to that team, which means these smaller market teams are at an even bigger disadvantage because the owners themselves are trying to screw each other. Like, that that has nothing to do with the players, mind you. Nothing at all. These are owners screwing other owners, and there's more small market and medium market owners than there are the top four or five guys. I mean, who are the top guys? The top guys are the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox normally spend quite a bit of money, the Mets with Cohen, everybody's expecting to spend a stupid amount of money. So those four. Back in the day, the Cubs, you know, could have been had up in that conversation. The Angels have spent a bunch of money, stupidly, but they've spent a bunch of money uh, over the course of time as well. The Rangers back in the day used to spend a lot of money. So, again, there's a handful of teams that are going to challenge this luxury tax, wherever it may be, 220, 230, whatever. There's only a handful of teams. And, again, you have owners trying to add in stipend money and meal money to screw other owners. Like, are you on board or are you not on board here? That, to me, is the biggest issue. Like, Mark Antonacio, the owner, Brewers owner, should really sit down, take some time, and go, okay, guys, how do other sports do their business, like the NFL and NBA, amongst their ownership groups? Like, how is the money divided in all these different facets of the league? How do they divide their money? And then, how are we dividing our money? And are we, the smaller and media markets, getting screwed even more by our fellow owners than worrying about the players? I don't, to me, it doesn't seem like they're all one cohesive unit. To me, it feels like the players are more one cohesive unit than even the owners are at this point. It also feels like there's a certain few owners that are kind of dictating how this is all rolling uh, and are kind of at the head of the table and the other ones are kind of just letting them go. And there's not that, or at least there doesn't appear to be, that one big, huge voice stomping one way or the other for the smaller markets. That's what they need. What they need is um, a Mark Cuban to buy the Pirates, which, again, I don't think he ever would because he was linked to the uh, Chicago Cubs for a number of years. But that would be something that would be beneficial to Major League Baseball. Get a guy with a bunch of money that understands how another league works and let him go in there and shake the tree a little bit and try and figure things out and try and help the smaller markets get closer to that of the bigger markets. Bigger markets don't give a damn about the smaller markets. You can't tell me otherwise. There's no chance. You want to talk about fixing a sport? That's how the sport's going to have to be fixed. They've got to want to help each other. And if they're not wanting to help each other, then it's always going to be screwed up, regardless of what happens with the players one way or the other. You can sit here and have these dumb CBA discussions and arguments for the rest of our life. But until they all get on the same page and trying to fix this themselves, 
Nothing's going to change. You're going to continue to have $200 million disparities. You're going to continue to hear Tim Allen crying on the air about, we'll never be competitive as long as this is screwed up. Well, it's going to be screwed up forever. It just is. Because they don't care. They don't care. The players don't care that it's screwed up. They want to get theirs. The owners don't care, which we already knew. They want to get their own. But on top of that, they don't care about one another either, which makes it doubly bad. All right, we'll talk with Jairus Brown coming up next. Former Minnesota Twins outfielder next here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Jarvis Brown, former big league outfielder with the Twins, a couple other teams, joins us momentarily. Hey, March means plenty of important tournament action and a place to watch all the big games while enjoying your own indoor games. It's Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games. And their huge entertainment game room. We're talking indoor bocce ball, foosball, pool, table tennis, shuffleboard, darts. They got everything. And while you're playing, you're going to work up a little bit of hunger, right? So you got burgers, loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is the aforementioned Jarvis Brown. Jarvis, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sparky. I don't know if you heard what I was talking about before you came on, but we've been talking about the MLB lockout and this report from The Athletic that the MLB was trying to get the meal money accounted for in this luxury tax, as well as the all-star stipend money to the players, also to be counted in to the money that is paid out by the teams of whether or not they have to pay the luxury tax uh, at the end of the day. Your thoughts? Well, I, I guess from... From being a player, and and I don't know how many people know this, but you know, um, I think it was maybe my first or second year in the big leagues. It may may have been the first, but when you go to different cities on the road and you get meal money, you're taxed on that meal money as well. So I, I think it's always been where the big guy is against the little guy because you know you you look at the the luxury tax and things like that. Well. The Yankees are always going to be able to spend it. Um, the, the the big guys are always going to be able to spend it, but you may not have that opportunity in Milwaukee or Pittsburgh, for example. So they don't really care about their self, but they always want to take a piece of the pie. So their bottom line is where they want it. And I think they're reaping the benefits because, yeah, you can sign a, a a big player to a big contract, and and that's okay. But you know, look at all the young players that are those producers now on those teams, and and they're not paying full price for these guys yet because because they're young players. So of course that goes toward their towards their bottom line, and that means revenue. So by seeing the owners divided, it's just typical. It's something that's always gone on, but because they have the power and, and, you know, they have the money, they can reap their benefits in many ways. And it comes at the player's expense. So I was really glad to, to see Max Scherzer um, articulating what he did about those guys like him looking out 
for the younger players because they understand that the that the money that these owners are making, they have to maximize what they can make too. And because he's going to be gone and he's got his money, you have to look out for the younger players because they're where this game is going. It's not the Max Scherzer's for so much anymore. He's going to be gone, but it's these good young players. They're going to drive that revenue for these major league baseball teams. I will give credit to the MLBPA and MLB uh, on one thing that came out today, and that is they're both MLBPA. I think is put a million dollars towards it. Uh, MLB. I don't think they've set an amount yet, but they're both putting money towards helping to kind of pay uh, for some of the salaries that are being lost by the people working at these stadiums and with these organizations, yeah. because there's no baseball, they're trying to look out for them. So that to me was kind of a first class thing to do. I, I didn't think they would actually do it either side. Uh, so they, they definitely deserve credit for that. I also for think sure. like you were referencing uh, them kind of funding some money uh, and saying, look, as we go through this lockout process, we're going to help out some of you guys that need the money uh, and to be able to pay your house payment or car payment or whatever the case may be that we're relying on those checks to take care uh, of you guys from that aspect. Correct me if I'm wrong. You Weren't you in the bigs when that, that monumental yeah. strike happened with fear? Yeah, I was in I was in a minor leagues during gosh, he was in the minor leagues in a strike. What was ninety? Was it was that the ninety four, I, I believe, is when the whole thing happened. Ninety four was a was it a strike or a lockout? That was a strike, I no, think. That was that was a that was a strike. So I was I, there was always been a strike fund. So um you know, I mean, it's not as much as it is right now, but the major league, the, the players association has always had a strike fund and has been able to provide players, you know, with money that they wouldn't be getting, you know, as a, um, you know, because they're not playing. So they've always had a pool of money that they've been able to help players out with. So I think that definitely needs to continue. I don't know of, of what extent and how much it should be, but, um, you know, it's money that you're getting and you and you're not even you know, and you're not even playing. So I hope they keep continuing to do it. Tom Jarvis Brown won the World Series, part of the Minnesota Twins, uh early in his career, was spent a number of years uh, in the major leagues as an outfielder. When we talk about that that deal there with Donald Fear representing the players against Bud Selig and how long and how dragged out that was, I, I don't feel like this is anywhere close to that. I feel like they're a lot closer to getting something done that than was expected back then. Uh, do you feel the same way? Like this is a lot closer than than that one was. I, I guess in in some ways, yes and no. However, for me, when I played, like I said, I was always that twenty fifth man on the bench, so I really didn't get into it a whole lot. I wasn't a, a high profile player. Um, I think though, when I played compared to now, I think that information and, you know, how we have the, 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 um, this generation of players and young people, how they're on social media and things like this, they're more informed. I wasn't informed that the, the technology and the Twitter and the Facebook and all that stuff that wasn't, that wasn't around when I was playing. So as far as the information from the players association and Donald fear, yeah, we had a meeting where Donald fear came in and spoke with all of us 
in spring training. But as far as information that you found out on how this affects your future, there we weren't there wasn't that much information available back then. So I don't want to speak to it, but that's just kind of how it was. So I think these players are more informed in that stuff and more educated on her right now than I was. Jarvis, when we talk about some of these rule changes that are, are being talked about putting in place, like the enlarged bases, like I understand uh, the first base thing uh, because of the collisions that have happened at first base over the course of time. So I get that one. Uh, explain to me why you would need to enlarge the other two. Well, I don't. How big are they saying these bases need to be? And I don't know. Maybe I'm just old, man. But why do you need to make the bases bigger for baseball? I don't. I don't. I See, don't like I, I understand first base because of the collisions that tend to occur. Fine, but I don't. I mean, unless you're, in my opinion, unless you're trying to drive up scoring, meaning I'm going to enlarge second and third to make it easier for the runner to get part of that base. <laughs> And avoid the tag to make it, you know, drive up steal steal attempts and steals in general and drive those numbers up. That would be the only reason I could come up with. I, I don't know. I I can't really I can't really relate to how big a base is going to be that is that's going to speed up the game, increase scoring. That's all I've got. Increase scoring. That, that's all I've got. And I think that that's what baseball wants, right? I mean, that's what every sport wants. They want well, increased scoring. Spark, yeah, but here's here's the thing, Sparky, and I, I think somebody said it on on your show. Or I was listening anyway. You know, you know, Pedro Martinez on MLB Network. Now players are, you know, if you strike out two hundred times a year and you're swinging up, that's okay. Back then, when I played, striking out was something that you didn't want to do. You wanted to put the ball in the play. You wanted to hit the other way. You wanted to manufacture runs. And home runs are always going to happen. So it doesn't matter how big they make the bases. If the quality of baseball and the and the quality of the player or how they approach the game with strikeouts being okay and and you know I don't mind the. Um, shifting defenses that's okay it's the product of the player and how the game is played if it's still played the same way a bigger base for me is not going to make a difference well the other thing that's being talked about is they're going to ban shifts uh, on defense as well and to me that stinks and the reason that stinks is going back to what you just said you're giving the offensive player that doesn't know how to hit all the way around it isn't a well-rounded hitter the ability now to not have to worry about it, to consistently just be a pull hitter if that's what they are and not pay the consequences for it. And to me, it gives the player a way out. You know, and, and I think the thing is, I don't think it makes for a better quality. I think it makes for a better quality of baseball, but I guess I'm caught between the analytics and spray charts, right? You know, the spray charts are. Yep. And, and and pitching charts, right? We we've always had those type of analytics, but I think the analytics compared to you know a Harvard grad that can put in some algorithms that hasn't played wiffle ball before, compared to um, um, guys that play the game right now, or those like the Tony Larusas. You trust your your eye test. The eye test is has a lot to do with with baseball and we've always shifted it it just has, hasn't been to the extent but if a pitcher pitches to it and and he's 
trying to pitch you to the defense, you have to be able to make that adjustment and hit it the other way or hit situationally. But I think the shift is fine. It's it's always been around. I think, I don't know, guys maybe complain about it right now, but that's you have to play a better grade of baseball and you won't have to worry about it. See, and that's, that to me is it, right? So because pitching has been so good, because run scoring has been so far down, a lot of that is attributed – to offenses being down because of the shifts being implied and these offensive players not being able to adjust uh, and do anything with it. Uh, So now, again, like with the larger bases, I think this goes back to wanting to see an increase in scoring uh, and trying to limit more of these 2-1 and 1-0 baseball games, which, again, I completely understand. Because, again, you're looking at trying to get the the 20-some-year-olds or the teenagers to try and sit down and watch a, a baseball game or want to go to a baseball game and hang out at a park for several hours, which then leads us to the next rule change they're talking about, uh, and that is the pitching clock. And they went through and, and kind of mocked one last night on MLB Network with Ron Dowling pitching, uh, and a whole thing of, I think it was uh, four hitters, I think he went through, and it was just short of like three minutes or something like that. Uh, and then they instituted the 20-second pitch clock uh, with the clock starting as soon as the pitcher gets the ball and gets on the mound, and it cut it by like 90 seconds or something like that. And they're saying that over the course of a regular game, it would cut it by like 30 minutes, which is a huge uh, difference, but it's going to impact somebody, I would think, hitters or pitchers, by having that put into play. How do you view the pitch clock and possibly being like 20 seconds? Well, this is the, you know, is it when they step on the mound? Because some pitchers will actually walk off the dirt and be on the grass and receive the ball from the catcher. So Correct. is it when they're on the rubber or is the, it when they put a foot on the dirt? The way it was explained last night, and again, this could be wrong because we don't have the uh, the specific uh, deal here, the rule necessarily if it's going to happen. The way they explained last night on MLB Network was once they are on the mound, once that foot hits the mound, that's when it starts. Okay, so I'm I'm assuming that's the dirt. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess some pitchers make have to make some adjustments, but you know, there's there's courses of games where pitchers try to slow down, right? You want to keep sure. a, an even pace, but you don't want to start working fast. I mean, I think that's with breathing and relaxing. That that that's in any type of situation, not just baseball. So those times could vary. I guess we have to see a a sample size of it, but you know, yeah, you're cutting off 30 minutes of a baseball game, but is that necessarily making, you know, creating more scoring? Is it, is it necessarily benefiting the game? Do they want, they want the younger people watching and they don't think they can handle an attention span of three hours. Well, I think, uh, I think, if you love baseball, you love baseball. Baseball, no, it's not the most exciting thing to watch. But if you love baseball, you're going to sit there and and watch it. I think there's probably just that generation is not going to be the ones that are going to really watch baseball. So if you're trying to make all these adjustments to the game to to make it faster, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't connect it that much that 30 minutes or changing all these things is going to make all these people that the young people all of a sudden say, Oh man, now it's two hours, two and a half hours. I'm going to watch a baseball game. 
if they've never watched it, do you think they're going to all of a sudden start? See, see that's what I'm I saying. So. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't think it's going to make a huge change in ratings or people watching the game. My thing with the pitch clock is, okay, fine. So in previous years, if you're in the batter's box and you decide you want to call time and back out, and the pitcher then gets you know disrupts his flow or whatever the case may be, you're allowed to do that. With a pitching clock, I would assume you're going to have to limit how many times that can happen uh, or you're just not going to allow the hitter to call time. Now, once 20 seconds is up and the pitch is coming, you have to be in the batter's box and ready to go. I'm not sure, but if you're allowing the hitter to continue to call time and reset that clock and screw up the pitcher, that, I think, becomes unfair. Well, I, I think I think something else happens with that, what you just said. You know, what are they going to tell these umpires? Now you're not calling, you know, do you use your own discretion or they're going to just say, don't give players time if they call timeout. Right. That's what I think has to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. I just think they're going to say no more calling time in the, in the box. We want every pitch thrown within 20 seconds. Sorry to everybody involved, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to throw the pitch. A bug gets in your eye. That's your deal. That's not ours. I, right. I, yeah. I can see, I can see players and I can see managers chirping about that already. Oh, you should have given him timeout. Right. Or you, you should have given, you know, I mean, think if you have Max Scherzer on the mound and you have have a guy like me, 25th guy on the, on the bench on the mound. And the umpire, if I call time, he calls time when Max Scherzer is trying to get a fast, you know, he's trying to get a, a good rhythm going. Well, Max Scherzer is going to be pissed at me, right? And so now we have chirping back and forth, and it can be vice versa. It could be a big-name player and – just your regular, average, everyday starter. So now you're going back and forth, and now they're jawing at the umpire because of this. So now they're going to table this whole thing again. Just crazy. The whole thing is crazy. How long do you think this thing goes, Jarvis Brown, before this thing gets settled? Do you think they lose a whole month of April before they end up getting back on the field in May, or do you think they can get it done sooner? It's hard to say. I I really couldn't tell you. I I don't know. I mean, as as bad as the game looks right now, you you would think they'd try to get something as soon as possible. I would and think that's so. All I, that's all I can tell you. I would think so as well. But again, I just don't think they care about the fans because I think they realize they're coming back regardless no. of how many games they miss, and they'll be there at the end of the day. And that's how I think they go about their day. Jarvis, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sparky. There he is, Jarvis Brown, won the World Series for the Twins back in the early 90s. I think it was 91. Played for several other teams, too. Uh, the former MLB outfielder joining us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you feeling anxious. I'll breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a, experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We'll talk a little NFL combine straight ahead. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Tribute to wrestling coming up this weekend. Get your tickets, milwaukeeadmirals.com. Baron Von Raschke, Rikishi, Road Dog in the house. The Panther Arena for that one. Also coming up uh, next week, you also have the Friday Fish Fry uh, uniforms and games, too. Uh, and as AR, all over it, went and looked, those will be up for auction. You'll be able to auction and, and buy those starting next Friday uh, online at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. You ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now's the time. I'm a successful transporter of expedited freight. Go from point A to point B. You pick stuff up and you drop stuff off. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio to the fan, baby. And drive, baby, drive. And get paid for it, too. Now, over at Young Express, 24-7 dispatch team. Extremely dedicated. Take it very personal to keep drivers moving. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means uh, if you're not moving, you're not making any money. So if, let's say you're driving regionally and you're in Minneapolis, for instance, and you drop off some freight, uh, and now you call back, and they, they, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you. Two days later, you're still sitting in Minneapolis paying for a hotel or a motel or whatever, and you're not moving. Well, you're not making any money. You need that dispatch team to be all over it and telling you where you're going next and not leaving you hanging. And that is why uh, the fine folks at Young Express are so good at what they do. Local, regional, or nationwide. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. They're looking for full-time independent contractors. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. All right. So, want to talk a little about the NFL Combine before we get to uh, Rami Makhlouf coming up. I want to specifically uh, talk about our guy Jake Ferguson, the tight end uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Jake Ferguson, uh, obviously one of the better tight ends that uh, Wisconsin has had. Definitely one of the more productive tight ends that Wisconsin has had over the course of time. Caught everything uh, in the area that was thrown to him from numerous quarterbacks over the time uh, at Wisconsin. He ain't doing all that well, folks, at the combine. So looking at his numbers, 40-yard dash time was fourth slowest among tight ends at a 481. Mm. That that's that that's 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 not good. So then we go to the bench press for Jake Ferguson. Dead last uh on the bench press for Ferguson. Number one was Jelani Woods, tight end from Virginia, did 24 reps. Jake Ferguson did 15. 15. That also, not very good uh, at this point either. And these are the type of things that you look at uh, when you're, you know, judging tight ends uh, and say, all right, how much do these numbers play into me taking him? Then we go to the 20-yard shuttle. 
And he is third to last with a 4-4-8. Also not good uh, at this point either. Now, vertical jump, I don't know how important vertical jump truly is uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I don't have vertical. Oh, yes, I do. Jake Ferguson, there he is. Third to last in vertical jump. He's in the bottom third of every statistical category at the NFL Combine right now. Dead last in bench. Uh, One of the slowest in the 40. One of the slowest in the 20-yard shuttle. Uh, Vertical not that good. And obviously, as a Packer fan, I want Jake Ferguson in green and gold. I love him in green and gold. But as Gary and I have talked about on the Wendy's Big Show, and this is just proving our point 1,000%, is the fact that realistically, athletically, He's just not that guy that's going to probably go first round, second round, third round. He's going to probably be a day three pick. I mean, he may end up being somewhere in the fifth round, sixth round maybe even. Maybe he falls that far. If you can get Jake Ferguson late in this draft, I'm good with it. But I'm telling you right now, I am not okay with taking Jake Ferguson the first two days. Like there, There is no reason why Jake Ferguson should go in the second or third round. Obviously, we know he's not going in the first round. I mean, Jake Ferguson should not go to the third round of the draft. Uh, and I don't know how many, I, I'm guessing Rami Makhlouf does not watch the NFL Combine at all on NFL Network. We've had it on all day uh, in the studio, and that's all we've been watching. Uh, but if if you're into this and, and you watch the Combine uh, and watch some of these guys, the wide receivers, stupid fast. I mean, insane fast and a large group of them. I mean, you had a Thornton from Baylor ran a 4-2-8-40. You've got, let's see, three, six, eight guys running sub-4-4s at wide receiver. We don't know what the Packers aren't going to do. Some think that MVS is going to get a pretty sizable free agent offer that the Packers will essentially uh, let him walk. Now, there was that one report a couple weeks back that Rodgers wants MVS and Devontae Adams with him wherever he goes, whether it stays in Green Bay or leaves. So maybe part of this deal to keep Rodgers is they have to get MVS signed uh, or have something in place to get him signed in free agency uh, as well as Devontae Adams. But if MVS leaves, they're going to need somebody to stretch the field because they don't have that guy. Now, maybe it's free agency, but but you're not going to have much money. Uh, Or it's probably going to be the draft. But again, do you really want to take a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft to the Green Bay Packers if you need another right to – if you need a tackle, which – you may. If you don't think Yash is a right tackle and Billy Turner is released because of salary, that becomes a, uh, a possibility. I'm all about the defensive line. Don't really want to waste a first-round pick on a wide receiver. And I know we've talked about it before. I, I'm just I'm not there. Not there at all. All right, Rami Makhlov joins us next. He's ready to do the Rami show coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll talk to him next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Broadcasting live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Check them out at milwaukeeadmirals.com for affordable family fun. Tribute to wrestling night coming up this weekend. Make sure uh, to go get your tickets, meet and greet, whatever the case may be, milwaukeeadmirals.com for more information. Rami Makhlouf, part of the Rami Show with Sam Schmitz, comes up here at 3 o'clock. Rami joins us now. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. Good. Fine. Good, good, good. You know, yesterday I was on Bart's show. I am every Thursday at nine. And he told me he got so angry he threw a chair. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was joking. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Bart threw a chair. 
but I was just on my Twitters during the break there, and I came across that Twitter account. Winkler said what? Have you follow, Do you follow Winkler said what? Yeah, it's been around they, a while. They post clips of the Bart Winkler show. Mm-hmm. This dude really threw a chair. This dude really picked up a chair and threw it across the room. Gary picked up a chair and threw it down a hallway <laughs> in a Packer-Bears game. Do you not remember that? I do. So let's not act like, oh, it's something new in the radio station. Guys are throwing chairs. Been there, seen it, done it. Come up with something new. Stop. Well, for, for those who want it, here's the audio. I'm throwing a chair. I just hope he doesn't. I get angry, I throw chairs. As long as he doesn't happen, right? You watch too much wrestling. I needed to throw a chair. As long as he didn't break anything. Where did that land? And did the, and how does I don't how see is, any drywall? How's the thing? chair not broken? What? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There isn't a lot of room to be throwing. These chairs are not small. These are like Bigger high. Chairs. These are like high top chairs. Right. Where did he throw it? I don't know. <laughs> what did it hit? And and how is the chair still in one piece? I remember Gary's though. Gary Gary got a lot of air <laughs> under his down the hallway yeah. it went. That was when yeah. we were in the old studio. Gary was just running up and down the hall. Gary was hot that night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gary was mad. Those were Brett Favre days. That wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That was Brett Favre Green Bay Packers. That was like the like the second or third post game show that I ever worked and met. And the second or third time I met Gary, that was, right? That was where we met. Was you were a little scared show. for was, your life? Yeah, I was a little worried. I was, I was like, better not tell him I'm a Bears fan. I think I'll just shut up and run the board and not say anything. Probably not a good idea to get him going now. I can't believe Bart really threw a chair. That's that's. Uh, should we get him help, or is it good radio? That's I'm the not, question. Should we get Bart help? Yeah. That's I'm not, not getting into that conversation. It's not healthy to be throwing chairs. Why? What do you mean, why? That's not a good way to express your anger. It's to be throwing chairs. It's not a healthy way to, to express yourself. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> I'd rather have you throw a chair than throw throw something through one of our TVs. Why is that you one wanna, of the two options? You, because that's what's going next. <laughs> or one of our computer screens. Or God forbid the window looking outside, or oh, he ain't gonna mess up the window in between here in the producer studio. Uh, yeah, I mean he wants to roll a chair or something. Go ahead. I don't care. Do what you gotta do. That's just good, don't, just don't make a hole anywhere. That's a you good make boss. a hole, our boss is gonna lose their mind. That's a good boss right yeah, there. Go I don't ahead, care. Throw a chair. If that's what you gotta do. Throw a chair. Don't do, break anything. Right. Just don't break anything. Do what you gotta do, man. Don't hurt anyone. I'll buy a stress doll if you want. We'll bring it in for the morning show. I don't care. Can you buy Bart a throwing chair? Yeah, maybe. Just like uh like a little kid like foam chair that he can like throw around. Just just a chair that's in here for Bart to throw whenever yeah. whenever he can't control himself. But see, don't isn't there a part of you that feels like that Bart at work that that uh like angry version of Bart sometimes that happens? Uh-huh. I, I don't think that exists at home. I, I think he's mellow, chilled out, wants to be with know. his kid. I don't know about he that. He ain't freaking out over games at home. I don't know about no that. No way. I was with Bart in the Deer District. <laughs> his kid was not around. That's, no, that's not true. a fair comparison. That's true. What is that it is with true. this man and his chairs? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Can you play that again? I want to hear that have, again. I think I might have clicked out. Uh, hey, uh, okay. hey uh, Adam, did they ever tell you he sat naked on the chair you're on right now and took a picture? <laughs> This one right here? That one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think they told you. Now he's going to throw it. Now he's yeah. gonna throw <laughs> These are nice jeans I got to burn now. Yeah. Well. Uh, no, that was all dramatic. I have seen that image. Yes. You have. Yes. Was he, he wasn't really naked, though. He had something. <gasps> no, I'm pretty sure he was. He had to have something yeah. on Because he was spread out. Yeah. Dude. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, every, if he was, everything was touching. Everything. <laughs> yes. That's correct.
Right. That's why I, you'll never see me sit on that chair ever, 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 ever. never, ever. No. I don't think he really was naked. I, I don't believe think that. Think about it. I don't believe Mike that. Clemens had his shirt off over there at one point while we we're trying to do a show. There's been a lot of nudity that's happened in that producer booth that where Adam is. I'll never forget that. I was, at, uh, uh, yeah, man. Like we're this. The, we're doing the show and I look over and Mike Clemens is shirtless. Yeah, chest with, hair falling into the board, the whole with deal. The winter cap on. Yes. Yes. It's so true. It happened. It's all over Twitter. I mean, it was all over social media. I'd say that will never come out of me and you will never see me naked in this chair. But I'm sure Bart at one point said the same thing. I'll never do that. I'm sure good OKS has it. I'm sure he tweets it out from time to time. So if anybody has it, I'm pretty sure he is going to. Yeah. It's on Twitter all the time. Somebody will tweet out both of those. Yes. Soon. I'm sure. Here is the sound of chairs being thrown again. I'm throwing a chair. I get angry. I throw chairs. You've seen it happen, right? You watch too much wrestling. I needed to throw a chair. I'm sorry. See, the thing is, he's probably getting excited for that CM Punk MJF matchup coming up. Okay, I don't. I don't understand the throwing a chair, Toby wrestling reference. What do you mean they throw chairs in like, wrestling? If there was like a ladder or something involved, like a ladder match or something, I'd get down with it. Did you ever see that video from back in the day on ECW when the fans didn't like the way the um, the main event went and they just throw all of the metal chairs into the ring and it's just a constant barrage what? of metal chairs <laughs> and there's wrestlers that are being buried under all these metal chairs. <laughs> what? what? No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> It's oh, tr- it's true. I, well, I'd that's like to see this right. video. I have not seen it. No. I wonder who the wrestlers are, too. That's terrible. I'll have to find it off air, but I'll get it for you. Jeez. People shouldn't do that. That's brutal. That is absolutely brutal. Wow. You should not do that. All right, what do you got coming up on your show? Coming up on the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Who is the Bucks' rival right now? Is it the Bulls? Miami. It's Miami? Nobody cares say- about the Bulls. Okay. Cactus Jack! Cactus Jack was in that match? <laughs> that was a producer gaffe. I found the video, but so I left wasn't the uh, computer Jack? audio on. No, Cactus Jack was in the match in question. It was, it was ECW. So it was Cactus Jack and who? Cactus Jack, I mean, the video's very pixelated. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea, but I'm just, I'm clicking through it, and the chairs are flying. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So many chairs. ECW fans. There's a garbage can in here. Dude, they're lucky Cactus Jack didn't come into the stands after every one of them. ECW fans did not play around, dude. No, but ECW was awesome. It was. It was amazing. It was great. That was uh, Rob wrestling. Van Dam and all those guys. That's when wrestling was good. Yeah, Sandman. Sandman, yeah. Some absolutely. guys were bleeding for real. I don't think we'll see other. any of those guys to, uh, this weekend at the Milwaukee Admirals event. No, it's Baron no. Von Raschke, The Claw, uh, Road Dog, and uh, Rikishi. Oh, I really? believe it's nice. a big Yankees fan. Nice. Uh, okay, so anyways, coming up on your show. Who is the uh, Bucks rival right now? Yes. You say not the Bulls. I think it's Miami. I don't think there's anybody else. You don't? Do you think it's starting to be the Bulls? Do you think it could be the Bulls? Because Grayson yeah. Allen was trending this morning, and I was like, what is happening? I forgot all about it, and I clicked on it, and it's people talking about that hard foul the last time the two teams played. It's Hamas. Can't get the long rebound. Oh, Sumu got it. That's Caruso. Yeah, that one. Oh, Grayson Allen. Come Grayson on. Allen. Come on now. Oh, that looked right on to the floor for Caruso. Come on now. Come on now. 
It should be a shirt. Come on now with Caruso just lying on the floor. That's my first thought. My second thought was until just now I didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to this, I'm going to play this again. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound like the Evan Heffelfinger sound effect that you play? <laughs> it's how it is. Can't get the long rebound. Don't. Sumu got it. Oh, doesn't it sound like Evan Heffelfinger thought? Oh. God, he hit that, that floor so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So it sounds like. So, yeah, so there's that. And then, of course, Tristan Thompson mm-hmm. uh, saying this yesterday. I think one of my dogs are like that. We're going to have issues. So you got to set the tone. I mean, that's what Bulls basketball is about. Send the tone. You know, what he did affected one of our guys. And um, I don't think anyone should forget about that. So I'm pretty sure United Center is going to be rocking tomorrow. I think guys have the back of their head and play chippy. Let's play chippy. I like it. I like a little blood and sweat, so I enjoy it. So, again, that's Tristan Thompson. I cut off part of it there. Mm -hmm. But this is not something you you advocate. You are not for physical violence. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So, you want to know how Robert gets started? Let him take Giannis out at the feet going up for a shot. Let him come tumbling down like Caruso. Then we'll have a rivalry official. I think if this thing gets chippy... And then say there's a hard fought five or six game series between the Bucks and the Bulls in the playoffs. I think I think a series I think a rivalry is sparked right If a there. Bucks player gets taken out tonight and well, it lost, starts tonight, yeah. It, if, it, if, if somebody a Bucks gets player taken out. Gets taken out tonight, then the rivalry is on. Then then that's what it is. Then it is on at that but point. I think short of that, if it's chippy tonight, I'll talk about it. I'm not I, sure. I just love that the guy that got here two weeks ago is talking yeah, about no. his dog. You didn't care about Alex Caruso. Stop. I think they are friends from a previous stop somewhere. Weren't they both on the Lakers? Were they both? Yeah, they were both on the Lakers. Weren't they? Tristan Thompson's been everywhere. I think so. Yeah. Cleveland, Boston. He's been everywhere in basketball and outside of it. Just ask what? his wife. Um, Ryan, <sighs> Ryan Horvat will Your be here on the at 345. This man, I tweeted out this morning, NBA Jam came out 28 years ago today. That's the greatest greatest arcade game ever. You know our guy Andy Spitzer? Yeah. He's got the sit-down, stand-up arcade version in his house. Somebody sent me a link to buy one at Walmart. It's like 300 bucks. surprisingly bucks. affordable cost. But anyways, Horvath came back with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Somebody yell at him about that. He'll also tell us what he likes this weekend. Wait a second. Uh-huh. What was the question? Greatest arcade game ever. Arcade. So, like, arcade. go to the arcade and yes. play. Yes. Like a stand-up arcade game. No, I can't get down with Horvath on that one. Right? Ninja Turtles? I like. It's not even on the top five. I'll tell you the one that I like hmm. that was really goofy and dumb, but I played it all the time. Huh. NFL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.